Welcome back to the show, everybody. Got a great episode for you today. In this episode, I have two movie reviews for you, both starring Idris Elba, who you might know as playing Heimdall in Marvel. He was also in Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and Furious spinoff. What else has he been in? He played Bloodsport in the new Suicide Squad movie that James Gunn directed. He's a great actor. I really love him. So the two movies that I'm going to be reviewing actually came out a week from each other. First one will be Beast. Um... which is basically about him fighting a lion. Pretty cool shit. That came out last week. And this week he had another movie come out called 3,000 Years of Longing, where he basically plays a genie, I think. I actually haven't watched it yet as of recording this intro, but yeah, should be some interesting stuff to talk about. So Idris Elba double feature for this episode of the podcast. Before I get into any of it, I do have to thank today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which, if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases, and you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. So 2022's Beast is directed by, and I'm definitely going to butcher this name, Baltazar Kormacher. Probably saying that wrong. Uh, It's written by Ryan Angle and Jamie Permac Sullivan. And the synopsis for you, a father and his two teenage daughters find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on proving that the Savannah has but one apex predator. So, yeah, this is kind of like one of those survival films. Um, You know, it kind of reminds me, and I haven't seen these films, but like the 47 meters down kind of movies. Um, And it's funny, like I just watched one of these kinds of survival movies not that long ago, like a couple weeks ago with Fall. And uh, this movie kind of has a similar feel to it where you get these characters just trying to survive through something traumatic and something that most people probably wouldn't survive. So... I like those kinds of stories for the most part. I don't watch a whole lot of those kinds of movies. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a fun concept. And a lot of those types of movies typically have you on the edge of your seat. And for this one, it definitely had me on the edge of my seat for a good majority of the time. I will say the first few times you see the lion in this film, it's terrifying. And it's really, it has great scenes. Um, Like there's scenes where it's coming at them in the car And just the sound design, like the sound in the theater, when that line impacted with something, it was loud. And um, it was scary. 
It was really intense, and I really liked that kind of stuff. But as the movie progressed, the loudness of it and just the craziness of it, it, it kind of, I don't know, the, the magic kind of started to go away a little bit throughout the film. The more you saw the lion, the more, I don't know, the, the less shocked you were to see it, you know? And I feel like it's kind of like that with a lot of, like, horror movies. And this, you, you can kind of call a horror movie, but it's not really that, I don't know. Uh, there's jump scares in this movie for sure, which I guess I could, I should have expected, but I guess I wasn't expecting. So, you know, there are definitely horror elements in here having basically a slasher because this lion, this lion is brutal, but, um, yeah, it's like kind of a slasher horror flick, except the slasher is a lion. And I think it works pretty well for the film overall. I think it just probably would have been better if they didn't show the lion as much. Like, um, I would have liked to see more night shots of the lion stalking them at night and, and that kind of stuff. I think that would be pretty cool. And, um, I don't know, keep it more ominous throughout the film and then see the, the thing that you're, you've been dealing with throughout the whole film, see it, you know, in all its glory, pretty much by the end of the film for the final battle, which I think probably would have been a lot more cool, but it is what it is. Um, and I didn't even tell you who this stars yet. This is an Idris Elba movie. He plays Dr. Nate Samuels. He's there with his daughters, uh, Leah Jeffries playing Nora Samuels and Yana Haley playing Meredith Samuels. And did I get that right? I think so. Uh, and then you also have Char Charlotte Copley playing, uh, Martin Battles. And that is like the, the best friend to Dr. Nate Samuels. Basically, he's like, hey, uh, why don't you come on over to Africa and come kick it with me and bring your kids? Uh, the wife in this situation, she passed away from cancer. So you kind of have a dad struggling to kind of rekindle a relationship with the daughters after kind of being absent about, or not about, but after the, the death of the mother. And um, this is quite the situation for them to kind of bond over. So it, it's a good film. It has, it has some heart to it. And... Um, you know, there are some emotional moments that didn't quite make me cry, but I was starting to get choked up when it came to things about the mother. And I think, I, I'm not sure which one is which. Um, let me see. I can't tell by the uh, the IMDb pictures because IMDb sucks. By the way, the, the whole cast for this on IMDb is all fucked up. Idris Elba isn't even the first person listed. Um, but I think it's Nora. Uh, she's the older sister, and she has some really great scenes in here. The thing I'll say about this film is that the dialogue is not that great. Um, a lot of the time, like, the dialogue kind of, like, there's a scene with, uh, with Martin Battle, Charlotte Copley's character, where he's like, um, we're in his domain now, or, like, we're in his, his territory or whatever. I'm just like, that seems like the typical kind of thing to say in one of these types of movies. So, there's a lot of just, like, kind of obvious you know bits of dialogue where you're just like of course they would say something like that and a lot of it comes from the kids I don't blame the kid actors as at all the child actors um I think it's just the script that they were given some of the the dialogue that they're given just kind of sounds like something a kid wouldn't say and a, some of the things they do sounds like a or seems like a thing a kid wouldn't do so I don't know and there's also some dumb decisions that certain characters make in this movie where I'm just like we're literally just putting them in the situation for the the sake of entertainment it doesn't really 
hold any weight to it. It doesn't seem to happen for a, a specific reason, but I mean, that's kind of how it is. It's just an apex predator hunting down, you know, his prey essentially. So, uh, yeah, let me get to some of my notes here. Charlotte Copley's character literally looks like an Australian Chuck Norris in this movie. I couldn't stop thinking about it the whole film. Uh, but he is a fun character for sure. Um, yeah, I already said so-so writing with the dialogue. A lot of, it's mainly the dialogue in this movie that I have an issue with. And then some of it's just like seeing too much of the lion too soon. I think it should have been something that was kind of built up. You actually see the whole thing by the end of the film and see what they're dealing with, like I said before. Um, the action scenes, loud and terrifying, definitely. Uh, I think the action scenes work very well in this film. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some things that certain characters survive where you're just like, how would you be alive right now? But, you know, you got to suspend your disbelief a little bit with, with some of these types of movies. But uh, let me see here. Uh, this has nothing to do with the movie, but there was a dude in the row right in front of me who would not shut up the whole time. And uh, yeah, shout out to that guy if you're watching. Uh, if you watched Beast at Celebration Cinema Lansing, at uh uh what time was it like seven fifteen, uh yeah you're an asshole you're talking too loud uh but let me see here the lion literally looks like scar from lion king he has a scar on his face and everything i was just like that's kind of funny um some pretty obvious foreshadowing in the beginning there's something that happens at the very end that they kind of teased in the beginning and at first i didn't think about it like i didn't think too hard about it but Looking back on him, I'm just like, that's really obvious foreshadowing. Just being like, hey, here's this one thing, hint, hint. Uh, this might come back into play later. Um, and and it did. Uh, but let me see here. Dream sequences. Uh, there's like these weird kind of dream sequences when Idris Elba's character is passed out where he's like walking through an African village. And I, I, I understand it because like the mom has ties to that African village, but... At the same time, I don't think it was really adding anything to the film, so it just felt completely unnecessary. It's not a very long movie. It's like an hour and 33 minutes um, with credits, I believe, so I guess they just kind of had to put certain things in there to fill time. I'll, I don't know. I wouldn't say a lot of this movie, but a, a decent amount of this movie, uh, there's certain things that happen that just kind of seem like they're there to fill time, so I don't know. They... they don't spend a whole lot of time just like setting things up, like setting the characters up and their whole backstory. You get enough knowledge to know like where these characters might be at in their life and how they're feeling and what their relationships with each other might be. But they, for the most part, get right into it. So that's something I appreciate for sure. I mean, they kind of have to with such a small runtime, but um, I understand why they showed the lion so soon, just because with that small runtime, you don't want it to feel slow um, and you feel like you only get like 10 minutes of action, but I don't know. I feel like there was a way they could have done it to kind of slowly build it up and make it more intriguing and more suspenseful rather than just seeing the whole thing. Cause once you see it, you're like, this is obviously a CGI animal. I mean, it's nothing that really takes you out of the movie because the animals like the CGI animals in this movie, I think look pretty good, but, um, you know, I mean, Comment down below. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Like, when it comes to a lot of these, like, serial slasher, serial killer slasher movies, it's better to not see the villain so much until, like, 
later on in the film and just get it slowly built up like Halloween, like Michael Myers, you know, like Michael Myers is slowly built up through that first Halloween movie where it's like somebody is watching them, but you don't really see a whole lot of him until the end of the movie. And I feel like that's kind of how this movie should have been. Kind of like a, a serial, literally a serial killer slasher flick, but the slasher is a lion. And for the most part, that's kind of what they were going for. But um, it didn't quite work out for me. So not my favorite movie I've ever watched. Not the worst movie I've seen all this uh, all year. Not the worst or best movie I've seen all year. Um, kind of in the middle. So I'm going to give this movie a 6.5 out of 10. There are definitely some action scenes in here that were loud and just punch you right in the face. So I appreciate those. But for the most part, I mean, like, I will give a shout out to Leah Jeffries, who really, I think, even with the so-so dialogue in this film, really held her own in a lot of scenes. I think she was definitely fantastic in this movie. Uh, Idris Elba, I would have liked to see a little more emotion from him in certain scenes. There was one in particular where he was drunk and talking to to uh, Martin Battles, played by Charlotte O'Copley. Um, there was a moment where he was talking to him about like his wife dying. Why didn't you come to her funeral? And just talking about his kids and stuff like that. So... I feel like in that moment, he should have had a little more emotion. He should have been tearing up and stuff like that and kind of had a bit of a breakdown. But, I mean, like I said multiple times, this is a very short movie, so they had to kind of compress things. So, um, yeah, overall, not a bad film. 6.5 out of 10. Have you seen Beast? Uh, did you like it? Did you hate it? Are you in the middle? I'd like to know. Comment down below. Tell me what you thought of the film. If you have not seen it, did my review make you want to watch it or make you not want to watch it or were you going to watch it or not watch it anyway? Let me know also. Uh, leave a like on the video, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. And my next video should be um, 3,000 Years of Longing, also starring Idris Elba, which I am watching uh, technically today as of recording this. So yeah, uh, thank you guys very much for watching. I will see you in the next one. All right, so 2022's 3,000 Years of Longing is directed by George Miller, written by George Miller and Augusta Gore, based on the short story The Djinn and the Nightingale's Eye by A.S. Byatt, and uh, stars Tilda Swinton as Aletha, Aletha? I think it's Alethea, my bad, and uh, Idris Elba as the Djinn, and if you don't know the synopsis of this movie, a lonely scholar on a trip to Istanbul discovers a djinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. So yes, kind of like a genie. Um, I mean, this is something we've seen multiple times. First thing that comes to mind is Aladdin, obviously. And there's some similarities to those types of films, but I think this film is definitely doing its own thing, doing something different from what a, a lot of the other films have done. Um, is that a good thing? I'll get into that in a minute. I actually have a lot of notes on this movie, and a lot of times when it comes to movies I really like, I don't take as much notes, but with this one, I, I have a lot of criticisms. I have some compliments, but mostly criticisms. Um, I mean, a lot of it, I just, I can respect what they were trying to do. I can respect what they actually did. It's just the end product that feels a little... A little sloppy for me, especially towards the third act, towards the ending. It just felt really rushed, and um, I don't know, it just didn't quite make sense because we didn't, and I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Don't let me get ahead of myself, but yeah, um, Idris Elba, the djinn, 
The Jin is actually something that I'm familiar with because of Miss Marvel. Got the poster in the background there. That's kind of the villain of the uh, the first season of Miss Marvel for the most part. And um, so when I heard it in here, I was definitely surprised to hear it. I was not expecting it. I didn't know much about this film going into it. All I knew is that Tilda Swinton's character had three wishes from a genie-like person played by Idris Elba. So yeah, um, interesting concept for sure. And they do a lot of different things with this movie. A lot of it is actually just the backstory of Idris Elba's character. Uh, getting to know, like, his origin. How he ended up in this situation that he's in. You know, being in a bottle. And uh, the different people that he meets along the way. So, I mean, if anything, Idris Elba is more the main character. But it's Tilda Swinton's character that we open with. Which is kind of the problem because... Honestly, she probably gets the like the least screen time out of most of the characters in this film. And by the end, they just kind of shoehorn this whole plot between her and the and Idris Elba. Um, you know, a certain... I don't really want to spoil it for people that want to see it. But um, they kind of shoehorn this plot involving Tilda Swinton's character and Idris Elba at the, pretty much at the very end of the movie. They meet each other early on in the film, but the plot... And the, the the take that they do at the very end, like I said, just comes at the end. So it feels kind of rushed. It fades to black so many times towards the end. And you're just like, is the movie over? And then, nope, it's it comes back. It really drags on. I mean, it's an hour and 48 minutes, close to two hours long. It's really not that long of a movie, including credits. And the ending was just so dragged on. I think they probably could have cut like maybe 10 minutes out of this movie. I don't know. Another problem is this is based off of a, a I can't talk right now, apparently. This is based off of a short story. So, um, you know, I don't know how accurate everything is in here. But since it's a short story, I imagine a lot of things that happen in this film are made up due to not having any other material and having to fill time. And um, I'm not even reading any of my notes right now, but I haven't felt this way about a movie in a long time. To the point where I like have so many notes and so many thoughts on it, yet I still don't like it for the most part. Um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. So I guess let me look at my notes here um, just from the beginning. Sorry, kind of moving my phone there. Uh, just from the beginning, I thought there were really slick transitions and editing. But throughout the film, as the film went on, it kind of started to lose a little bit of its flavor, a little bit of its flair. And... Um, don't go into this movie thinking it's like an all-out comedy or like all-out sci-fi fantasy kind of stuff because it's really not to be honest i mean you have the gin there so that that kind of makes makes it sci-fi ish i guess you could say fantasy and um those aspects are cool but the film is really about the people that Idris Elba's character the gin comes into contact with the people that he helps out the people that he grants wishes to. The movie is more about them than anybody else, which I can appreciate for sure. Seeing these little snippets of life from different perspectives. And I, I love that aspect of it for sure. But I just don't know how I feel about the execution as a whole. There's a lot of things I really like in this film. And then there's more things in here that I probably don't like and things I have problems with. I think that ending really did ruin the movie. The The whole plot they have between those two characters, it feels just really shoehorned in. Did it ruin, like, did it, 
did it ruin everything? Not necessarily, but it was kind of a weird ending. It was one of those endings where you're just like, what? Weird. Um, and like I said, it really dragged on. Like there felt, felt like there was a whole other movie in that last like 20 to 25 minutes. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like the movie I was expecting it to be. And it really wasn't, um, man. All right. Let me read off of my notes here or else I'm just going to be spewing out bullshit. But, uh, yeah, we spend over the ha half the movie telling the Jin's backstory to the point where they don't spend enough time focusing on his interaction with uh, Alethea. That being said, it's because Alethea doesn't have a desire for anything, so she doesn't have anything she really wants to wish for. And she's just kind of listening to his story throughout the film. And then by the end of it, she ends up actually making a couple wishes. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, let me see... Uh, that being said, I think that his story is somewhat sad, but entertaining for the most part. Uh, such an interesting concept, something that's been done before plenty of times, but with a different perspective and personality, I would definitely say that. This is a very slow-moving film, so prepare yourself for that if you do want to go watch it. Um, it it's Because the impression I got from the trailer is that it was going to be a comedy there are a few moments of comedy in this movie. And if there is actually moments of comedy in this movie, I just didn't find them funny. But, um, you know, there's a few things in there that are meant to make you laugh. I was in a theater with maybe three other people at most. So there wasn't much of an audience to kind of gauge reactions from. But um, let me see here. Weird ending that didn't completely make sense to me. Um, I already said that I kind of was expecting more of a comedy. Um already said that they really dragged out the ending there for sure that was so dragged out they probably cut to black like maybe seven times just in the last like 20 minutes and i was just like come on you're gonna make people think your movie is ending continuously and then you just open back up and it's yet another thing i mean i get it if it's a montage but don't fade to black each time if it's more of a montage like a montage probably would have worked a lot better in this sense, but instead they just kept fading to black, coming back, 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 and then it fades to black again, and you're just like, oh, are they coming back? Nope, nope, the movie's over. So some of the editing in here is not great, and then some of it's just like really good, especially towards the beginning. I think the beginning of this movie, and one of the dudes walking out of the theater was like, what do you think? And I was like, eh. He's like, I thought it was all right. The The beginning was a lot stronger than the rest of it. And thinking about it after walking away, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I think the beginning had a lot of flair, a lot of, I don't know, just seeing the djinn for the first time, Idris Elba for the first time, his first appearance of him meeting Alethea. That scene is really cool. And I was expecting a really fun time throughout the rest of the film. And then it just completely slowed down. It's more story-driven, more character-driven, which I can appreciate, but uh, it's not what I was expecting, so maybe that took it down a few notches for me. I don't know. Um, but let me see. Yeah, by the end, I was kind of ready for it to be over um, just because of how many times it was fading to black, and I was just like, just fucking end it already. Jeez. Um, let me see here. For having such fantastical elements, you'd think it'd be more entertaining, um, and these are all just my opinions. There are a lot of things of beauty in this movie that I enjoy. The Jin, Idris Elba's character, learning about humankind and falling in love with them and, and finding beauty in it. Like, I appreciate that shit, shit so much, dude. But 
it kind of feels like it's not in the right movie, you know? And again, based off of a short story, so again, I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know how much inspiration they pulled from it, but I don't know. I feel like this movie should have been something else. Uh, let me see here. Once she makes a wish, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we haven't spent enough time with her as the main character to completely know why she would make that wish. Um, the main thing is the wish that she makes involves the djinn. So, like, I don't know. I understand, like, hearing his story and whatnot, but we didn't see enough of her and the djinn actually connecting for her wish to make sense. It was just kind of like one of those, hey, might as well do this kind of movie now. And uh, I, I didn't like that. They were trying to balance too many different tones, too many different plot lines. And I, I don't think it completely worked out for them. Um, had ma major pacing problems for sure. Uh, I mean, some of the stories that he was telling, they would take a little bit longer than others. And I mean, at the end of the day, the thing they really needed to do more was actually have Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba's character interact more and have more scenes together because they have scenes together in between the stories that he's telling. And then by the end, like the last 20-ish minutes, maybe 15 to 20 minutes is just them. And I feel like, isn't that kind of what it should have been most of the movie? But, uh... Yeah, there you go. There's my thoughts on 3,000 Years of Longing. Gotta be honest, I was hoping to like this movie more. I was expecting a lot of different things. And, uh, I mean, it. I'm, I'm appreciative of this film, not only for having some of those elements that I really appreciated and enjoyed, but for also giving me a movie that I had a lot, like, I had a lot of thoughts and, and notes to take. Um, a lot of opinions on it so I appreciate movies that can actually really engage me in talking about the movie whether it be good or bad it still kind of makes me think about stuff and elaborate on stuff more and I mean I was writing a lot of notes I, I was even sitting in the parking lot for a little bit taking more notes about it I was just like I have so many thoughts on this movie surprisingly but um yeah have you guys seen 3000 years of longing let me know what you thought down in the comments below. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you in the middle? I am definitely in the middle, meaning leaning more towards not hating it, but not liking it. Um, not going to be rewatching this film anytime soon or maybe ever. Not going to end them up, up on my top 10 worst of this year, most likely. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. It's a possibility. And then uh, not going to be on my top 10 best, obviously. Uh, for those of you who have not seen it, are you going to see it? Did my review make you not want to see it or did it make you just be like, hey, fuck it. I'm still going to go watch it. Um, I would like to know that also. So comment down below. Uh, and anybody who has seen it, don't spoil anything down in the comments below. I know this isn't like a huge spoiler filled movie, but still there's things to be spoiled in every movie. So don't be a dick. Don't do that in the comments. But uh, I would love to know your opinions and uh, leave a like on the video. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you never miss an upload. And uh, I'll see you next time where I should be reviewing maybe like She-Hulk episode three. I, I won't be posting again until Thursday. So yeah, there you guys go. I will see you in the next one. And that is the end of the show. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. Link in the bio of my Instagram will take you to a page full of links where you can find links to my YouTube channel where you can get these reviews sooner. There's also a link to my Tee Public store, my website, 
Facebook, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. So once again, that is at Pop Culture Podcast on Instagram for all those links. Also the same handle for Facebook if you want to follow me there. Uh, next week, or I guess this week, on either Saturday or Sunday, the next episode will come out where I should be reviewing the uh, re-released version of Spider-Man No Way Home with bonus content. Uh, there will also be my review for The Invitation and then Breaking as well. And if I have time, I will also check out that Honk for Jesus movie, which definitely looks interesting. So, uh, yeah, that'll be for the next episode. As for this one, that's all I got. So, once again, thank you all so much for listening. I will see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.